Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin, where right now I'm looking at every single election in Canadian history for 36 days straight to coincide with our current election. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Don't forget, I have three other podcasts out there. Canadian History X, which releases every Wednesday and Saturday. Coast to Coast, which releases every single Thursday. And Canada's Great War, which releases every single Friday. I do all of these podcasts full-time. The writing, the research, everything. So, every dollar you give helps keep it all going. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. The elections of the 1870s had plenty going for them. Huge scandals that brought down a government, people announcing their votes rather than using a secret ballot, and plenty of shady dealings. In contrast, the election of 1882 was quite benign, and would see little in the way of change from the 1878 election that saw the Conservatives come back into power with a majority government. By this point, Alexander Mackenzie was out as leader of the Liberal Party, and he was replaced by Edward Blake, the man who was nearly Prime Minister when the Conservative government fell amid the Pacific Scandal of 1873. There was a slight increase in seats from 206 to 211, and Manitoba saw its borders grow slightly to about half its current size. The Conservatives ran on the platform of the national policy again and were aided by good economic times. This was turned into a campaign focus that the party and its policies were responsible for the good economic times that Canada was enjoying. In contrast, Blake and the Liberals focused on a call upon traditions and reform resistance to special privilege in what they said was oppressive rule. He would state that the Liberals were the special guardians of the country and the tone of the public morality. Once again, Sir Johnny MacDonald ran in multiple ridings. This time he chose Lennox and Carleton. And the Herald would report, quote, Sir John MacDonald, anticipating defeat in Lennox, has obtained a nomination in Carleton. His prospects in the latter constituency may not be any better than the former. No, not much better, just better enough. End quote. As it would turn out, MacDonald would win in both Carleton and Lennox, and he would choose to represent Carleton. Of course, the Lennox win would be thrown out after irregularities were found in the vote. In the lead-up to the election, there was a great deal of anticipation, according to the newspapers at least. The Montreal Gazette would report that in Toronto, quote, The excitement in reference to the elections tomorrow is intense here. Business seems completely at a standstill, and on the public streets, groups are congregated discussing the possibilities. Betting is also lively and canvassers on both sides are working vigorously, end quote. It may seem odd to hear of betting, but that was prevalent at the time when it came to elections. On June 19th, the day before the election, it was reported that a bet of $100 was made on the result of the contest, although it doesn't say who that bet was for. That's no small amount of money either, amounting to about $10,000 today. In Toronto, betting was reported as very active, and since it was the 19th century, there was of course still reports of bullying. But this would be taken with an open mind as the Montreal Gazette was very pro-conservative and it only reported the Liberals in a typically unfavorable fashion. The Gazette would report, quote, One of the most cowardly acts of ruffianism and lawlessness ever perpetrated upon any community was the seizure of the Glengarry Times office here this evening by a band of roughs in the interest of Honorable D.A. MacDonald under a bogus warrant. End quote. 
According to the newspaper, the men stormed the office on the belief that an extra edition on Monday morning would be released with the purpose of influencing people to vote against the Liberals, as the Times was opposed to MacDonald. A Mr. McNeil, the editor of the newspaper, was reported to be seriously assaulted and both parties condemned the act according to the Gazette. He would state, quote, The affair is admitted to be one of the most lawless and disgraceful ever witnessed here, or known anywhere since the same honorable gentleman led a band of roughs to mob the LaFontaine party in the county of Terrebonne, Quebec, in 1840. End quote. As with previous elections, the newspapers, such as the Gazette, provided helpful guides for voting. Of course, those guides put an X next to the candidate the newspaper endorsed. The Gazette would report in its final column before the election, quote, The campaign of the Liberal Party in this province has been a hollow farce. They've attempted neither to combat the policy of the government nor formulate one of their own. In the rural constituencies, the opposition candidates are mostly posing as supporters of the national policy in its entirety. In the city, they support the principle of the national policy and favor the lopping of what they term its excesses. End quote. A total of 70.3% of eligible voters casted a ballot, and most of those did so for the Conservatives. While the Liberals under Blake fared well, picking up 73 seats, an increase of 10 from 1878, the Conservatives lost only one seat, falling to 133, and then retaining their hold on power with a majority government. The number of independents also fell in the election, with only five total, three of which came from British Columbia. Every province also voted heavily for the Conservatives. Quebec, once again behind the Conservative banner, elected 50 to the House of Commons and only 12 Liberals. Ontario was much closer, with 52 Conservatives earning a seat, compared to 40 Liberals. The Montreal Gazette hailed this victory as magnificent on June 21st, the day after the election. The article would state, quote, Every one of the supporters of the government had done credible work, and only Prince Edward Island will send a minority of Conservative representatives to the new House. End quote. Two days later, the Gazette would comment further on the election, stating, quote, The brains have practically been taken away from the Liberal ranks, and in the new Parliament, the opposition will be miserably weak both in numbers and in ability. End quote. In celebration of the election, on June 22nd, a torchlight parade was held in Ottawa that included Sir John MacDonald in a front carriage with other prominent cabinet ministers. A total of 2,000 people joined the procession as it moved its way through the city. The Gazette would write, quote, Sir John and Lady MacDonald arrived in town this afternoon. The Honourable Chieftain looked whole and hearty, received the warm congratulations of hundreds as he passed en route to Stadacona Hall. End quote. I hope you enjoyed that look at the 1882 election. Next, we're going to be looking at 1887, and that'll be tomorrow. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider giving a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. Again, if you like, you can support the podcast through Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. And I'd like to say thank you to all of my wonderful patrons. And if I mispronounce any names, I do apologize. Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romain, Dr. Bob Turner, one anonymous person who I really appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, 
Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke Guess, J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, and Iris Gray. Information from Dynasties and Interludes, Biography, Wikipedia, and the Montreal Gazette. Thanks. We'll see you again next time.